Should we just fucking Let's rock this? Fucking do this. We got time. We got time to fill. <laughs> Welcome to episode one hundred and twenty of No Crisis. Yet we are recording on a Tascam that I used as a public radio reporter, I'm looking at you in the eyes. Ben, let's toast on air. Ding. Ooh, that was hard. Uh, <laughs> I wanted it to convey. Mm. I had a crazy dream the other night. Uh-huh. I dreamt that Tell I was in the I was in the hospital, and I came out of the hospital, mm-hmm. and the the country was in a lockdown. Huh. And then for the next year, <laughs> I didn't get to see anyone or hang out with anyone or host any events. John, what if I told you? <laughs> and lived in political terror and there was a Nazi uprising. And thank God I woke up this morning and realized, Ben, that it was all a fucking dream. It was all a dream and it definitely didn't happen. I have some bad news for you. Oh, my God. All of that stuff happened. <laughs> well, listen, so there wasn't a Nazi uprising, right? Oh, there was. Fuck. I would call it an insurrection. More than an uprising. Attempted Attempted insurrection. insurrection. You motherfuckers. Um, That's right. Try again next time. Wait, no. Hold on. (laughs) Next year is midterms, right? uh, We'll see. You can see me tugging on my collar here. But listen, listen. So listen. But the Jewish space lasers were real or they weren't? Or we don't know. There were still the juries out, I think is what I've read. Well, so then I also remember that Tommy Lee Jones was dragged on a mission with Donald Sutherland and they Mm -hmm. had to go fix the Jewish space lasers. With the drills. That they know how to wait. No, that's a different space movie about Shit, wait. blue collar guys in space. <laughs> uh, can we just give a shout out to Ben Affleck on the commentary track for Armageddon oh, being like the salt commentary. of the earth? He's drunk. He's like just like Good. fuck this movie. It's so funny. He just makes fun of Michael what, Bay the whole time. What do you want to start with? Face to face, Ben. Do you want to start with Elden Ring? Do you want to start with giant bombs splitting up? Uh, so many things to talk about. Yeah, I mean, do you want to talk about my Wulu? I bought. That's pretty good too. I, I guess I should might as well just. I'm expecting a daughter. Also that. That's kind of big news. Uh, she's a gamer girl. I don't G- think... G-A-M-E-R-G-R-R-R-R-R-L-Z. If she, she yep. joins a crew. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, she's going to join an influencer t- TikTok house. <laughs> TikTok she's going to go to a exactly. TikTok house uh, that's run by Nathan... Did you read that that Harper's thing on the TikTok houses? I wanted to die. Oh, it's one, so because, good. One, like it was... Because that guy is us. Yeah, you and I exactly. can go get a beer with that guy because he's a millennial professor. Right, Indeed. being like, every time I have office hours, it's just a fucking therapy session. Yeah, yeah. Um, and these kids are fucked. That and was, they probably, you know, yeah. look, they I probably like, felt that way about our generation as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we're fucked in but, a different way. I don't, Ben. I don't. Fuck it. I'm the just gonna, speed at which it moves is is dizzying to me, and I'm very glad I'm not a young person. Let's just put it that way. Ben, people like us are never. I mean, I thank God I got the house when I did. Pension funds are buying houses. Oh, I was going to say. Pension funds are buying houses that are $150,000 to $275,000. New Hampshire is, a lot of people want to buy real estate in New Hampshire right now. It is yeah. hot. But, so, but listen, why, why just rent an apartment, right? Why rent an apartment and then get buy a house when you could just rent an apartment and then rent a house? That's the end game for us. Obviously. For millennials is that we're never <laughs> going to own anything. I'm, 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 I'm scoping out a storage unit myself. I'm going to get... I saw, a guy real good on equity on that. I saw a guy on YouTube who got into a storage unit and he lived in it for about a month. He yes, was a hiker dirtbag. You're not supposed to. <laughs> no, all right, all right. Listen, Ben, either that or you try to live in a, in a studio apartment in New York or you, and, and basically you have, uh, you can, when you're in bed, you can reach over and turn the kitchen sink off. Exactly. Perfect. It's, it's perfect. They're strangling us, Ben. 
I'm happy to live in my uh, my apartment that has not raised the rent in three years I've been there, which don't I hope my landlords <laughs> do don't you, listen to this because I feel like they just forgot to. Is your landlord a kindly old Disney character? It's <laughs> yeah. like, oh Ben's such a good person. Such a good kid. Yeah. Such a good librarian. Yeah, but you're you but you don't rent from a company. No. No. Right. I, I rent, you rent from, from a, a person it's a, with it's a, a soul. four unit house and uh, they're good people. So as far as I can tell. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know how we got to this. They fed my cats on vacation. They're let's, good people. Let's talk about Giant Bomb. Yes. Our beloved GiantBomb.com. It matters to me. It ben, does. I, yeah. had, I, had, I was at a dead end professionally. Mm-hmm. I had nothing else to go on. And so I listened to the Persona 4 Endurance, Endurance Run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, were you there when I got to do the Giant Bomb panel? And I got to go mm-hmm. up to, and I was just like. No, the weirdest, and I think I told you this after that happened. I don't know if we said it on air, but like I tuned into that PAX panel just like through the live stream, just in time to hear someone ask, ask that question. And then you came back <laughs> like, and said, and I asked this question. I'm like, I literally just tuned in and heard you ask that question. I couldn't tell it was your voice maybe through the mic or whatever. But By the way, that question was prophetic. Yeah, that sure was. <laughs> and, and it's not because it was magic. It was just like. No. Holy shit. You being like, hey, what if CBSI decides they don't want you anymore? And they did that eventually. They sold them. Because that's how companies are, man. Like, and but I got to say, all that mattered was that I got to say, hey, you made content. I watched it at a low place in my life. Thank you. Like, that's it. And that's all. Like, what else can you do? No, I've I've had those those various voices in my weekly podcast rotation for well over a decade at this point. So it's a lot. But, okay, but at the same time, I don't think that they're my friends. No, they're no, not par- it's not a parasocial. But it is. It is. Uh, you know, just not having the Beastcast show up every Friday is is was weird. But I also have so many podcasts that I don't listen to already. It's not like oh no, I have nothing to listen to. It's more just uh, you know a consistency is broken. I will tell this one last story, which is what I accosted Jason A. Striker in, in an alley. <laughs> That's right, when you were in San Francisco. When I was in San Francisco, and I feel horrible about it because he was just trying to have a smoke break. And I was like, this is my wife. I love your content. I All did, right. I did that to Brad on the way to the bathroom at the PAX that I met him at. So did there you, you go. We both went to that mixer at the bar, right? Uh, yeah. You were in line. Yeah. And I, I got to, yeah. And so I, got, I guess I, yeah. So I've met Jason, Drew. I've never met Jeff. Uh, Vinny I met and we talked about meatballs sounds like Vinny meatball recipes he's an Italian man that makes sense yeah (laughs) Um, it matters yeah it does matter that this is happening so Ben outline it what happened because you broke it to me I was just like what I yeah yeah, I mean they they, so last year uh, they got sold to a venture capital place from CBS Interactive what they were owned before and um, shortly thereafter or within there some other people left uh, Abby, uh, Abby Russell and, and Ben Pack left kind of near the end of 2020. Yeah. Uh, and they were more, they were more like people who, who were new and they didn't want to keep doing being a public figure do you, or do you know they took a buyout. I don't know, but I do know, you know, I, they said they had an opportunity to do it and I don't know how else you do that without a severance buyout, but I would have to assume so. Whatever. It's not sure. Not a my business ultimately, but the, so they moved on to do stuff and Ben has literally just kind of disappeared off the internet, which is what he said he was going to do. Um, and that, I respect that. Because <laughs> no he, he wants his mental he health. He wants a public, uh, he wants a private life yeah. again. That's what he said. And then Abby's just gone on to the streaming and stuff, but you know, she gets to do her own stuff and not have to worry about engaging the giant bomb audience and being the only which woman on staff, fickle. which is probably shitty and yeah. all sorts of stuff. So I, I totally understand. But then the big thing happened when a couple uh, last at the beginning of April, no, yeah, beginning of April, they basically announced that uh, three out of the four, essentially, not founders, the founders the of core. the core. I would the, say the like your, your team. Yeah. The not, founders I, of that site are Jeff and Ryan Davis. Jeff Gerstmann, Ryan Davis. Ryan Davis passed away. 
in 2006, uh, oh, it's been a long time, a while ago. Yeah. Uh, but the other core crew, which was Brad Shoemaker, Vinny Caravella, and Alex Navarro, who have been there for most of it, they all left at the end of uh, April and didn't know where they were going, did sound in so, some cases like they were people who, they've all been in games and media for like 10 plus I, years. As a marketer, I assumed marketing. Uh, I, I just figured that's the yeah, natural progression. I assumed they wanted to back out of the public spotlight or some, and not have to do the thing where you have to be, I don't know, I just, gamers on the internet are such fickle assholes in a lot of wait, ways. Wait, are you saying gamers aren't the, aren't the salt I, of the earth? They aren't. Good They're nature. demanding weirdos. And this whole parasocial thing that has emerged through Twitch streaming and stuff, I'm sure, is, is something that predates them. And I feel like they may, you know, I, I was, I don't know how anybody deals with that. I watch, frankly. I, do you watch internet comment etiquette? Uh, yes, I've seen that guy before. He's I, there. I love him. It's Salvia Eric, the guy who took Salvia and yeah. tried to garden, the guy who took Salvia and tried to drive, etc. <laughs> of course, of he course. He was, he's tight, or he was a, I don't know if he's a writer on Sunny in Philadelphia, but he, whatever, he had, mm. he, he knew, he knows the guys from Sunny in Philadelphia. He paid a guy, mm. this is going to date me, but I didn't realize you could buy bits on Twitch. Oh yeah. I don't know what the fuck bits are. Bits. I don't care. They're like money, I think. Yeah, Sure. Yeah. It's definitely not a scam. No. To, whatever. Not a way to launder money. It's definitely not like a that. way to turn your actual money into non-money. Or not a way for Amazon to be like, oh, we'll just adjust the amount we take off at the top. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the equivalent of Microsoft Xbox points. <laughs> no, they're definitely not. They're definitely real things. Oh, totally. Uh, he paid a guy. It wasn't even a gaming stream. He just mm-hmm. paid a guy to put his name around his nipple mm-hmm. on stream. And he paid 400 bits. I don't yep. know how much that is. That's not that much. As far as I can he tell. He did it. Uh, and the guy did it. And like I was bucks. just like, I can't fucking believe the Truman Show called all this. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, yeah. That's parasocial. Yeah, yeah. The, the I mean, whole, I mean, I have, What the fuck are we doing, We ben? could do a sidebar because I did, like, get into some of Twitch over quarantine. Um, oh, who's your guys? Well, m- not video games for the most part. I mostly just watch DJs and stuff and listen to music. But um, the interaction part, and that's why I, every time I've watched a gaming stream on Twitch, I get pulled out of the, like, having to pander to the chat constantly and like, oh, so-and-so joined at this tier. Dude, and a bunch of gifts pop it's, off. And it's a bunch disgusting. Of I saw a guy say that he he got a, I don't know if it was a death threat. Mm. I don't want to say that it was a death threat. Maybe it was. But basically, the guy's uh, OBS plugin fucked up mm. and the subscription was not counted. And so the guy went in chat and said, if you don't fucking say my name again for my friends who are watching right now, I yeah. will kill you. There's been like, so... Are you fucking kidding me, bro? Uh, I have a... Uh, uh, one of the, you know, I get a, through my Prime subscription, I get a subscription a month to give to a yes. Twitch streamer. Sure. And they put in a feature recently that when you do that, you can choose whether or not you tell the chat you did it or not. And I never do because I don't want them to fucking stop. Ben, and you don't want your gift? No, you don't it's want your weird. on-stream gift? I, hey, I ben, don't like, like poking, the... being like, hey, dance now. Dance for me. I gave you five bucks a month. Now say my name and thank me. Like, I hate it gross um and it was one thing giant bomb didn't really do like they had a chat but they never really were beholden to it in the, the chat, way that they, Twitch had poll, is. they had polls they had polls which but is like fine. the chat did its thing and they would look over occasionally but it wasn't this constant like i'm reading a question from the chat and now answering it and it's just like there's a fantastic dark souls dark souls streamer who's very talented i forget mm-hmm. his name but he does like speed runs no hit runs shit like that oh. um and all he does is just babysit chat and I want to die because that's not, yeah. I don't give a fuck about. So I don't care. that brings me to so those three guys left and didn't know where they were going. And uh, Jeff Kersman, the founder of Giant Bomb and the EIC, he's the still head a of threat. It. He's right, the head right. of it, always a threat. 
um, Dr. Tracksuit himself. Uh, he, but we he, don't we don't know. This. We don't know that it's never been verified. Never seen him in the same place at the same time. Though. It's like That's the sting, saying, right? Yeah. Uh, but so he said, uh, you know, I'm staying. I'm gonna. We're gonna. Uh, change direction, you know, see what's happened because they were coming out of the pandemic at this point because all last year they were all stuck at home and streaming from home and and it kind of uh, diluted what they do, which is normally being in studio and doing like produce shows. They and could, stuff, have, and they could stuff. have been any other fucking stream. And that's what it was upsetting. Exactly. And that's the stuff that other streamers can't do because they're either remote or in their bedroom or whatever. They had a studio, etc. So anyways, they uh, uh, he said he's staying on and there's a new direction site, which they talked about last week. Uh, or this week, rather. But but the, also this week, um, or no, last week, uh, those three guys uh, launched a internet streaming thing called Nextlander, which is basically them doing Giant Bomb just under a different name. And, and to hear them tell it, and I totally believe them, it's they wanted to do a more nimble operation, a, a less corporately oversighted operation, not have to worry about subscription growth and quarterly growth and all that shit. So I get that part, but it is weird that they basically just quit game stuff to do more game stuff and do the exact same thing. I like, I don't even think it's like a direct competitor thing. I'm sure there's plenty of other, ben, I it, mean, but it fucking is. I mean, though. it is, it fucking is though. but also I would say at least in Vinny's case, like he built giant bomb in a lot of ways, just as much as Jeff did. So I think he has some claim to that format. And all that other stuff. My well, favorite Vinnie Carvel story is when they had the footage from Shadow Complex and then lost the yep, footage. And to recreate so this. Vinnie fucking played the game to get the footage yeah. according to what he was hearing from the the commentary. Yeah. Yeah, you are right. So either way, you what is right. happening in this whole situation is the the, the it's kind of just splintering. Like I I we both paid for a giant bomb premium, which I is still, yeah. fifty dollars a year. What is that a month? It's like oh, fucking three something a month. Insignificant. Uh, it's small, right? And but it was it was the way you would get all their shows and and all this other stuff. It was a really good deal. And now uh, a lot of these guys have moved into Patreon, which like base level usually is five bucks a month. So you're already asking more money um, for less content and less produced content. And, I and mean, I I believe Vinny will do a great job producing streams. He obviously was good at it over the <laughs> pandemic, but it's like you only so much you can do with remote. Uh, remote people like you can you can have picture in picture and you can talk over each other and stuff like that but it can't have the the thing about giant bomb that made it special was it was people hanging out on a couch playing video the games studio and dude. them being in a studio the together. studio unprofessional fridays yes exactly like just fucking who's gonna show up is alexis right. gonna show or and and all that it just being able to to yeah that vibe of being on a couch in a room playing with them was like the thing that made that site special and endurance I, dude endurance runs that's the foundation and that part is seemingly gonna endure you know they have a new studio they're setting up and they're and they're gonna be back in the office rory was saying they're gonna be back in the office within the next month or so and daniel, and, daniel dwyer yeah and so I, their yeah, direction and their direction which i think is interesting and we'll see how it pans out is essentially to kind of make giant bomb a uh, a kind of like a Netflix style portal where they have their stuff that they do and then they can bring in people for a limited series and and maybe which is good because the problem with not a problem with Giant Bomb but the thing that was happening with Giant Bomb is they only had enough people to do so many series and so that format was not stagnant but it was it was they could only cycle in like four or five shows at a time but this way they can theoretically have these one-offs with other people and you know other people who are who have full-time jobs elsewhere it's not like they're doing freelancers D- to daniel, cut costs right. or anything it's like they're just so daniel daniel dwyer put out a vlog basically yeah. and he was just like hey i have all this creative shit going on 
I want to make content for Giant Bomb as well. So he became a regular on the podcast like a few weeks ago. Yeah, well, it's and been then, a month or two. He basically he, since... Yeah, since... I think maybe he's been on the podcast since February or since something. They, yeah, he, he was on even when Brad was there. He was just... The, he replaced Ben, essentially. Right. And I love Danny Dwyer. I love No Clip. Mm. But the fact that now he's also No Clip, which is like, eh, that became questionable because that whole thing was a travel show. Drew Scanlon has the, had the travel show. Right. Cloth Map. I... Fucking have a postcard from Chernobyl. I was big into cloth map. Right, cloth map's great, but he had to shut it down. But then he of COVID. shut it down. And he was just like, I, f- I can't. Fuck, it's not sustainable. Yeah. So Daniel Dwyer is like, eh, we'll do some other stuff. We'll do history of and and yeah. fascinating stuff, excellent stuff out of Noko. I mean, but they've, then, they've only increased their output really in the last year or so. Yeah, so. and the roller coaster tycoon. I don't know if you've watched it. It I was great. It. Chris Taylor just doesn't want to be on. Whatever. Um, but now he's like, Daniel Dwyer's like, ah, and I'm also doing this. Mm. Okay, let me play devil's advocate. Okay, giant bomb. Starts as a scrapper, mm-hmm. right? Comes out of GameSpot, yep. splinters off GameSpot. Yes. Giant Bomb exists, kind of is its own thing, but then then ends up going back to CBSI. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the business. I have no idea what the numbers are. I had concerns because I was like, eh, does CBS give one single fuck about this? As as what that sounded like, it was Whiskey Media was not no. sustainable. Right. But they had money up front. Right. And they said, oh, Because like, that was a big VC buy. That yeah. was, and, and Jeff was talking about this, like, back... When they founded Giant Bomb, it wasn't a, you go start a Patreon to start your to build no, your, no, no, your no, nest no. egg. You had to find VC money, right. and that's what they did. VC money in California. In California, right? In the late two thousands, which was still possible, maybe more for for a small group than it is now, where they just want to invest in apps. Sure. Or whatever. So then, but, Giant Bomb is in a lifeboat, and they say, "Okay, sure, we're going back to CBSI. We go yeah. back to the offices. They have their own not floor, but section of the floor." Yeah. Then it became well. Yeah. Well, and, and my understanding from hearing them talk about it now that they're not at CBSI is that CBSI was not terrifically intrusive, but they also didn't care about it at all. Like, And the money that they were making off subscriptions did not get reinvested back into Giant Bomb. It just went into the corporate coffers. And, and it was arguably a justification to be like, why do you exist? Oh, right. okay. And, and, like, and in order to continue that justification, they had to explain podcast subscriptions and, and all these other things that, yeah. that the business people or the the suits, the boards, whatever, didn't understand. And so they couldn't say, like, we are growing. It just doesn't, you know, show up as, like, page views or ad sales or whatever. Right. But, they, but they're in the position where they have to make the case, why do we exist? Why do we exist? Right. I subscribe or whatever. All right. Now we go, okay, there's another buyout. Yeah. Last year? Yeah. Last year. Well, who was it? Red Ventures. Red Ventures. That's the name okay. of the company. Yeah. Sure. And they, they bought are... CNET. <laughs> right. Which involves GameSpot. <laughs> Giant bomb and I just picture from from Thirty Rock the Shineheart Wig yes, org chart exactly Shineheart Wigs <laughs> owns GiantBomb.com right um, okay so hear me out my issue with Giant Bomb mm. is that the model itself it's not that I'm could it could it just be Jeff and his doing garage streams mm-hmm. I mm. I watched him doing a garage stream I'll watch it but happily. I don't think, I don't think it's gonna drive subscriptions <laughs> correct um, I I'm coming from the I come from legacy media, right? Mm. So my whole writing career is a few print items in print games media, which does not exist. Right. And public radio, which, uh, like, yeah. why the fuck am I paying for real estate literally it, to Public hold... radio, the original Patreon, man. <laughs> the kind original. Of, yeah, kind of, yeah. Like, I, I wear that with pride, but also a yeah. little bit of shame because it's, like... Wh- the model of public radio is you have all this infrastructure and FCC compliance right. to say, hey, we're running this fucking frequency at 89.9, whatever. Um, but the reality has been the content in public radio and Giant Bomb comes from just people. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't know, like, I, I have nothing but respect for Jeff. Mm-hmm. But he's got too much baggage at this point. Mm-hmm. In my, that's, my, that's my devil's advocate, is that he's got too much baggage. The model depends on an in-person studio, which implies real estate, which implies rent, mm-hmm. which implies all this overhead that it's like, I pay one Canadian, I think, he, I'm pretty sure he's Canadian, mm-hmm. Historia Civilis. It's a great YouTube channel. All he fucking does is historical mm-hmm. episodes from Rome and Greece right. and, and shit. And there's no overhead. I know the money's going directly to him. Yeah. So at the same time that I, I just want to give my money to Jeff directly. Right. That's not happening. Well, that, ha- that hasn't been happening for years. Right. And and, and but next lander, I like the guys who did it, mm-hmm. and it is going up. directly to them. But yeah. also they have their own other shit, mm-hmm. like you pointed out. Yeah. Brad has another fucking. Yeah. And I and I imagine that the fact that he had a successful Patreon for that tech podcast is part of the reason he probably said, "Yeah, let's go with this." Right. But he doesn't have the wiki, and that's what Jeff right. has. And when Jeff, if Jeff were to ever fucking leave, he'd lose the wiki. Right. I have to assume the contracts stipulate that that is the but property and whatever. Whoever owns Giant Bomb owns that wiki. Um, oh, that's horrifying. Yeah. And I mean, uh, the wiki is not as big a part of the site as it was no, no, back I, in the only. But I, know, I, I mean, know. there was a time when Twitch was using that wiki as their, like, fr- the thing that ties into their front end to say, show the game boxes. Yeah, but we, and stuff. we have moved on. I don't on. think they do that anymore, but. But it was a more valuable database just rather than like, haha, they have a concept page for hamburgers. Like, it was actually business. They were actually <laughs> able to make money off of that, that data set. Um, sure, sure. But I don't know. There's a thing about Giant Bomb, like, at least for- as it stands, because they are, they do have the investment of a, an actual company with an actual office building. Like, the studio rent and the other things that you're talking about don't necessarily factor in. I mean, it's part of their expense. And so they have to cover it with whatever they're bringing in for subscriptions, I would assume. But it's different than, like, if Nextlander wanted to make a studio, they would have to rent a studio space and pay for it every month. And that's overhead. I'm looking at it in terms of overhead, right? So Jeff, Jeff, in my opinion, not that I've I've never worked for the fucking guy. Mm -hmm. He seems pretty sharp and is a good manager. Mm -hmm. He has kept the shit together from different places. Like, his firing... Was right. a landmark. Well, yeah. In terms of game journalism and 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 that company specifically was right. like people were just like fuck this. Yes. Um, is he outdated and is his model outdated? That's that's the. Fucking- I don't know. So that's the thing that's interesting because they started Giant Bomb before the streaming before tw- when Twitch was still Justin TV. Can you do you remember uh, when Justin oh just God. named it after himself before they named it Twitch? Um, and you know they were doing live streaming, live uh, weekly shows. They were doing all that stuff quick play the quick looks just playing a game and talking about it like i'm not gonna say they invented it but they did and like long plays full playthroughs of games they also kind of invented so like a huge amount of youtube and twitch gaming culture springs from giant bomb and what they did to change from the game spots and ign's which was the paradigm prior to that I'd say IGN is like your USA Today. It's like the most mainstream fucking thing. But like with GameSpot, like even them just talking about how they would cover a game is like take 100 screenshots, take 45 second long videos, like every individual page. Like it's just a very schematic way of doing things. Whereas the quick look is like, here's us playing the game for half an hour and talking about what we think about it. And that, to me, and I think to a lot of people, is a lot more valuable than a review in a lot of cases. 100%. Because you just see it. And, And, you know, that shouldn't be this amazing revelation, but it was back in when they started doing it. And of course the joke being is like, they did start as quick looks. They were only 10 and 11 because the, <laughs> because the back when they started YouTube, right. YouTube had a 15 minute limit on right, video. Right, right. That's how long ago we're Damn, talking about. I can dude. watch a 20 hour fucking essay on 
a video game now on YouTube and nobody bats an eyelash because if you if you want to listen to ten hours of a single sound effect, right, it's there. It's for you, there bro. for you, buddy. Yeah. But like back when they to give you an idea of how old <laughs> that shit is. That's why quick looks were quick is because you could only put 15 minutes of video up. Um, Holy shit. Right. But so, you know, they, they pioneered a lot of this stuff. But I think the in-studio thing, which uh, there's only a couple other outfits that have a studio, like Kind of Funny does, and uh, maybe a couple others. But, like, not the way the Giant Bomb had it with the couch and, and the kind of community atmosphere that they had. When, when Unprofessional and, Fridays used to, like, fade in uh, and, like, Alexis would be on the couch, yep. I was like, oh, shit. If Alexis and uh, Danny are in, it's going to be fucking great. Yeah. Or if Mary Kish is in or whatever. Yeah. They did. Um, they, they had such a good thing going for a while. But I also think that's something that was never assisted because all those people were going to go off to do other things. It's con- dude, in media and content, the turnover, exactly. even even in a good operation, is going to be a little bit exactly. high. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm a wait and see sort of thing. I don't know if they can, because this initial offering of what Giant Bomb's going to do in this year, which is continue doing their stuff, but also bring on probably five or six other people to do shows. And Is that what they wanna, said? Like they just said, rotating? Well, they, yeah, they said they would bring people in for limited kind of runs of a series. So Danny will do a series, but he <laughs> won't necessarily do a series every year or whatever. And then uh, Tamor and Lucy from GameSpot are going to do a, a show. And then Jeff like Grubb. Tamor. Tamor's a good dude. Yeah, I like, I like all the people they did. And Jeff Grubb from VentureBeat, who's a, a news guy, he's probably like what Patrick Klepik used to do, which is like a scoops person. Which is, is Patrick still at Vice? Mm-hmm. And Waypoint? Waypoint's Waypoint again. They got the name back. <laughs> and they started a subscription thing pretty recently also. Um, so it's it's been weird because it's just been it seems like over the last couple months a lot of those uh, the giant bomb extended family you could say because I would consider Waypoint that because it's all people who used dude a hundred percent work at, at I, giant I, bomb I will never see eye to eye with Austin Walker on a many things I yeah I'm 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 glad they're back in a bigger capacity than just doing their podcast which I still kept up with so but it, it's uh, they're now going to be able to stream again and and do. Uh, do the podcasts that were not directly game related and stuff. Cause he, I, listening to him talk about working at vice was really fascinating. <laughs> I think um, vice is an interesting cause vice is a weird place. Cause it was this, oh, you like, mean the place that was co-founded by a proud boy, right? That's right. what they, there's all that stuff. And then there's like shit. this massive amount of capital they accrued at some point, And then they like tried to expand massively and then couldn't. And then they had a TV network and now they don't. And like, it's, it's, it's a wild thing. Cause they were a little small are they, part are of they that. Are they even still on HBO? Are are they not owned by Time? Question mark. I honestly don't know who I owns them at this point, know. but yeah. So it, that that was that's been very interesting. But nevertheless, uh, I, I just you know that era of Giant Bomb that we're kind of. I mean, let's be real. When Ryan died, it was it's never going to come back. No, just because, I know. Both I know. because it, of the I think the quarantine, uh, the co- the lockdown, the year of lockdown. Probably, I mean, I think this happened to a lot of people that you had a year at home to reflect on what you're doing with your life. And then when it comes time to go back in and start doing your life again, do you you go, do I want to keep doing this? And I think a lot of people had that moment and, uh, and are moving to different places. So I think there was always (laughs) going to be a diaspora, you know, this (laughs) kind of breaking up thing. So Brad breaking off from giant bomb for me is the Mm. equivalent of saying like, I I don't like, like, Oh, Steve Jobs is in an apple. Mm -hmm. He's like, what the fuck? Fuck! Like I just assumed Brad and Jeff were lockstep, which like a dodo. Yeah. Like I don't fucking know. I'm some guy in the East Coast. But like, I have no for example, idea. and this is just like an idea, an example of corporate oversight. Like Brad could never mention his tech podcast. Like he was not Correct. allowed to. Yeah, right, 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 right. Because right. it had a Patreon connected right. to it. Like when Dan was there, he couldn't mention his other podcasts. And can it we, was just we, so it was Dan just is a weird. by the way. 
Dan Reichert ended up going to the, the WWE. WWE. Yeah. Or WWE. I'm sorry. And he's a WWE. podcast producer for them. But he still streams on Twitch, and he's going to work with them also. That was one of the other people that's going to come back and do Is he a really? show. Yeah, he's going to do oh, a show. Oh, Mario Party. I think him sure. and Backlar are doing something, which will be entertaining. Because Backlar suffers <laughs> suffers Dan Reichert less, which I think is very fun. Um, I... I got to a point with Reichert where I oh no, and that's the thing. I like, got to a fucking point. He does dude. streaming now, and his streaming. It, you want to talk about like assault on the senses? Like he has like you can just pay him bits and make a fart sound happen. It's it's madness. I have tuned into his streams like twice, and I'm just like, this is everything I didn't like about what he did. A giant bomb just cranked up to eleven, and that's fine. That's his brand. Obviously, people like it because he has people watching it. Um, I I have this fucking dream, but but that whole idea of like you can't even mention this side project because. It corporately, you know, the corporate says, oh, you're making money off it on the side. So you can, so like, I didn't know Brad's tech podcast existed until it was like 30 or 40 episodes. And I think Will Smith mentioned it on his Twitter. Um, and I was like, oh, wow, they have this whole other thing. And like, this is kind of my alley. And it's definitely not up the giant bomb because it's all very in-depth tech stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm talking about like motherboard sockets and shit. Yeah, but but every time Peter, <laughs> Peter Brown came on and, and him and Jeff talked yeah. to Frame Meister, they would get into the weeds on right. that shit. But it was it was a guest thing there. Yeah, and Whereas sure, this, sure, is, this sure, is the sure. intent of that podcast. Sure. Uh, and especially because Will Smith is like untested and he's all into super crazy tech stuff and does VR. and Where did he land? He's is he still at his? He's in game dev now. Like, yeah, there was a game. <laughs> uh, they did so today was like Summer Games Fest, which was like a pre E three thing. But there was also Double Fine does like an indie showcase called Day of the Devs, and he had a game there so that he worked on. So and because he was doing VR stuff for a long time. Oh, dude, that. like he was at a startup. Yeah, startup that was doing like a weekly VR show. They did stuff with Adult Swim. They did an Adult Swim VR show. Yeah, yeah he was always you know. He was just a man about VR. That's always what I imagined him doing. But him and uh, so Norm, I watched a video. Because they sold tested, basically became a MythBusters brand. Not MythBusters, Adam right. Savage. Adam Savage. Adam Savage right. is tested. Right. So right. I right. still watch that. Um, I have learned a lot about hearing aids because Adam Savage lost his hearing at the age of like forty-five. Oh, bummer. I mean, a lot of explosions, okay. I guess. Not a bummer because he didn't wear headphones in his shop. Like protective headphones, not. Oh, so headphones. it wasn't all the explosions. It was just the the machine shop. Oh, he was <laughs> fucked. No, he was fucked before. Like okay. And uh, I didn't realize that hearing hearing aids are a scam. Like, mm. for the price, the price of hearing aids is not so. Most insurances don't cover hearing aids. Oh yes, yes. Okay. And because they have to go through FDA hoops, like a shitty hearing aid will cost two hundred to make, and they sell it for fifteen hundred. That kind, right. yeah, that yeah, kind of shit. That's a, a medical scam, is what you're saying. <laughs> a medical product uh, is know, what you're look, saying. Uh, but yeah, so I love tested. It has become such a different fucking thing oh, yeah. now. Um, but Norm uh, did a great, uh, just just a great piece of video content on. Um, do you have any? Do you know about framework laptops? No. It's a laptop. And they basically said, oh, "We're opening it up." You can build you your can, own laptop. You well, it's just a. It's like the keyboard comes off and uh-huh. the memory. Nothing's soldered to the uh, board. That's so cool. if you want to build it and you need and you fuck up your keyboard you can just take the keyboard out and replace it mm. if you if your ram shits the bed you can take the ram out i mean like it. i've done that with regular laptops but it's a little harder <laughs> i tried to do that with my asus laptop and turns out a lot of shit is soldered to yes, the board that is and the i thing. was like yeah i'm good on that i have my laptop i've replaced the keyboard and the monitor or the screen uh, aftermarket this, this keyboard here i have replaced i had to replace the keyboard 
But incidentally, the keyboard is built into this whole top. Mm-hmm. So this all I had to order this from France. When I uh, like, when and, I and replace and tear the whole fucking thing apart. Like, are you fucking kidding? In me? a past life, when I worked at a computer repair shop, oh, right. We yeah, would yeah, always. Yeah. It was an Apple shop, so Apple laptops are especially fucking awful to pull apart because they don't have fucking screws. Uh, you usually have to use a putty knife and oftentimes a heat gun. There's all sorts of weird shit. But we would always, anybody who brought in a laptop, we would basically just flatline charge them at least two hours worth of labor because even just to look inside that fucking thing would take us two hours it's a nightmare. of pulling it apart, making sure all 45 screws are where they should be, and then, oh, you tripped over the power cable. What a shock. I got to solder three points and then put the whole thing back right. together. And so... Uh, you know, I got very used to that. But even then, every laptop is different. And if you're dealing with Apple laptops, especially, they get, I'm again, I'm done. ridiculous. Anyway, I literally put a down payment on this. It's a framework. It's called Framework. It's a laptop. It has, mm. like, modular design. But yeah. also, not, like, not proprietary modular. Like, just, you can put the fucking laptop DDR RAM in. It'll snap in. Yeah. You can just swap out the hard drive. Swap out the hard drive if you want to. Um, if you want the bezel to be swapped off, they, they open source the design. I only, I fucking bought that because I watched a tested video of Norm. He was hands-on with it and he was mm-hmm. looking at it and I'm like, you know what? Good enough. These guys know what they're talking about. I trust them. Mm-hmm. I, that's marketing, right? The marketing is, who do you trust to tell you what to buy? Well, and that's why the personality-based thing that Giant Bomb kind of started in games is, is such a potent thing because if, it's like... But even I, if dis- I, I disagreed with Jeff more often than not. Absolutely. I disagree with him but about I many things, but the reality is him. I trust him. Exactly. Um, and you, there's no price tag on that. And that's what I'm saying. Like with Jeff, it's like, mm. not that I wish that he would get out of the game and, and just do his I mean, I still thing. think that's very possible. He has a second kid on the way this year, and I could see him setting could up... Talk- I could see him setting up this new version of Giant Bomb and then being... Peace out. Because uh, he owns that I'm, company. Ben, I'm it's telling you. some part of it, I could see it. I'm telling you straight up. If, if he ended up saying, I'm fucking done with this, and I'm just doing streams on Sunday, mm-hmm. I'd still pay for it. Because I hey, fucking trust him, dude. You know what Jeff's Twitter bio still says is, I've been writing about video <laughs> games most of my adult life. It would be silly to stop now. Silly to stop now. And so I think he's still along that, uh, that range. And as long as he's talking about him, I'll listen to him. I, I don't even know what to say. I disagree with him on, like, on fundamental things. Like, I get angry at him where I'm like, are you fucking... But then I have to imagine, like, in the same thing with, like, Red Letter Media. Mm-hmm. Red Letter Media, small outfit out of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, they do TV and movie discussion. They, you know, they do schlocky VHS. But they also do, like, very interesting, like, they're all movie makers. They mm-hmm. talk about setups, payoffs, page 20 of a screenplay, right? right. I disagree with both of them. I mean, the main personalities. Mm-hmm. But I know that by buying merch and stupid shit, mm-hmm. fuck it, man. I get to support this tiny startup. Right. And, and there's no overhead. They don't have a corporate mm-hmm. overlord. And that's where I'm just like, Jeff, get the fuck out of there, man. Right. Well, um, and, and, He won't, though. No, and I, I think because it's Giant Bombs, his his brand, his baby, he made it. And and he made it one of the biggest, most influential things in games media. That's why you... But by, do, by going against the grain more often than Absolutely. not. Absolutely. By going... There is no way to well, know in, the, in 2009 that I, endurance runs would... Right. The idea that, oh, I'm watching part 41 of a video series. Mm. That was in 2009 when you're watching it's this through insane. a real... Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. dude. That's and, what I'm saying. And, it's and, you insane. Know, and that is the thing that both Vinny and Jeff will say. Like, that's amazing that we did it, but like it bore out of like, we have to put a video on the site every day. What's a quick way to do that? Let's play through <laughs> this 100-hour long play, uh, uh, PS2 RPG. And uh, I, I, it fucking worked. <laughs> if you want to talk about like the point where... It also helps that Persona 4 is a really fucking good game. Like, it could be a bad series if it was a bad game. I have 
I have dream like I, this is so. Do you, have you ever read Real Politique? Mm-hmm. Long story short, the 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 thesis of Real Politique is it doesn't matter if something happened or not. Mm-hmm. It matters if you believe it. Right. Which is and and I know I know you're the world know you, we live. I know in. I know and and you and I see that and we're just like Jesus fucking mm. Christ. But I have moments with persona when I when I think about that endurance one where I'm like, wait, did I play that or was that mm. was that giant bomb? It's a weird one because I have, that I have never watched the whole thing, but I have played through that game at least once, if not twice. There's uh, a point where they there's some question about river otters or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a question they're taking the test. The test, yes. And they call Ryan over. Yeah. Ryan! And they call him like, hey, Ryan! Well, that was the other great uh, thing about them all being the basically just yell off camera to right. people. <laughs> but, and, and, you know, it's kind of a bit, and and not mm-hmm. a bit, but it's just, that's that's the circumstances of what they were recording. And they're recording yeah. in a fucking basement right. in Sausalito. Literally right? in a basement alone. On a people. couch yeah. infested with light, whatever the fuck. No, bed they lice bombed it. Yeah. <laughs> they showed that right. in the video. Um, <laughs> and I can't. It doesn't matter if I played it or not. Like, right. I experienced it, and I associate that with them, right? Well, yeah, and I mean, I think for... This is maybe an older person thing, but I think people who play video games now still have the... Like, I went over to my... We, when I played through Silent Hill 2, I played through it with my friend in high school because I couldn't play it by myself, and he wouldn't play it by himself, for, but we played it together, right. and, it was, and it's an incredibly memorable game to me because... It has a communal for, experience. For it. me, it was Resident Evil 1. Yeah. The dog segment. Also Resident Evil 1. Horrifying. And the weird, the campiness. And it was just like, you, because you're, for me, I was a child. I well, didn't Resident Evil 1 was crazy for me because that was probably one of the first horror games I ever played. I guess if you count Doom as a horror game, that would oh, supersede it. I, but I don't, yeah, sure. Outside of some flashy black light areas, I don't think Doom's very scary. Um, but Resident Evil 1, I was like obsessed with. I had a friend in... in it would have been elementary or middle school. It was 96 when that game came out. Holy shit, dude. I think that's right. Um, and I was just like, this game is the coolest game ever. When you aim the shotgun up, it blows their head up like a balloon. This is the greatest game ever. I need it. And I would like, I would like read. I didn't, I had a Sega Saturn at the time. As did I. And as did I. There yes. was a version of Resident Evil for the Sega Saturn, but I also want to say my mom was like, because there was like an, there wasn't just an M rating on that game. There was a sticker above it that was like, yo, this shit's fucked up it'll screw this your child up so much violence yeah, so right, i right, was right, not right. allowed to have it but but um but i was obsessed with it and and i would play it in little chunks watching his brother play it when yeah. we were over there and it was like but i still remember that game like i played through all the way and when i played through the remake because that was the first version that i played through i was like oh i remember all this even though i never played any of it because it has that I didn't, I didn't realize you experience. were a Saturn kid, as was I. I was, yeah. I loved uh, the Tomb Raider was, I think, the game that I settled on instead of Resident Evil, and that's an incredibly important game to me. Also, um, as it was for me, it's incredibly uh, formative to my tastes in games of like, hey, put me in a big empty cave and let me jump around and maybe shoot things occasionally, but mostly I want to explore. Let, let me get shot by these dart traps right, and watch right. this FM, well, not FMV, but, but I want to, yeah, I want to open this ancient door and see this huge chamber, and like that is primal, like. Why do I love Shadow of the Colossus? Why do I love Dark Souls? A lot of those things probably come back to Tomb Raider, but it, and this is but either way. But so when I when I finally you know played through Resident Evil by proxy when I finally had money in middle school, or maybe yeah when I had money in middle school to trade in that Saturn, get a PlayStation, get Resident Evil Two, then it was people coming over to my house and we played Resident Evil Two, and I played through that game probably a dozen times because yep. of it's a short game and also it just was the shit and it was the shit because you could even though it wasn't a multiplayer game, but it, because you had that communal experience. And so 
at its best, Giant Bomb absolutely tapped into that in a way that I still don't think watching a streamer. It's not the same. It's not dude. the same. Thing it's not the same because you're watching with like a thousand people badgering them, whereas with that, it just doesn't doesn't I, come off the same. This is an old man rant, but I. Again, I just hate the fucking hand-holding. Like, oh, hey, yeah. thanks for subscribing. Thanks for the bit. Like, but, and, and it's all feeding that parasocial. Like, the thing that's so gross to me about it is it's feeding that parasocial thing of, like, all these streamers, I'm sure, would say, like, hey, I don't know you. You don't know me. Don't act like you do. But also, in order to make money, I have to kind of act like you do. And part of the performance you put on when you're a streamer is acting like you are these people's friends. Do in, you want to just get into the Atlantic really article? Dangerous way. Do you want to get into that fucking Atlantic article? Which one? The uh, oh oh the 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 TikTok house one yes yeah yeah you want to talk about it or it's Harper's but yes I'm sorry Harper's the other fu- fucking high class East Coast fucking whatever <laughs> elitist you want to talk about yeah, our, yeah. our our East Coast elite elitist liberalism mm. look that fucking the idea by the way mm. we're 43 minutes I don't give a fuck like <laughs> we're I'm just gonna get into this that article for so many fucking reasons mm. resonated with me. But the idea of I found it fascinating, the fucking <laughs> and depressing, ash, of the course. fucking ash raining down mm. from a forest fire, yeah, and he's just in this steakhouse with these fucking streamer friends, yep, and them and just learning that that uh, that Sun Microsystems is buying TikTok so they don't have to worry about Trump taking away TikTok from them because that was when that happened, because Trump, you know, a Chinese company owns TikTok, I'm gonna get it out of the U.S. and then Sun Microsystems bought it. Uh, it was, yeah, it's just apocalyptic in this really, uh, it's an incredibly weird. Let's, yeah. all right, let's back up for a bit. Let's, let us remember that mm. when trains were introduced to America, mm. we didn't think ladies could ride them because their ovaries would explode. Obviously. Because 20 miles an hour, science. 20 miles an hour. So let's keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. At the same time, the idea of this vacuous fucking TikTok, we're going to, I don't know. You've been in dunks. We talked, we joked mm-hmm. about it, what'd you have for breakfast, but. Uh, there's a chick named Charlie, mm-hmm. and she's a TikTok star. And Dunkin' Donuts is like, yes, they saw this chick. There was <laughs> there was many times when <laughs> you know I over like, earlier this year when I pull up, it's like here's Charlie's thing and her favorite donut. I'm like, who the fuck is that? And right. then I eventually then looked it up, about and I'm it like, and oh, blah, 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 it's a TikTok blah. thing. Yeah, 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 whatever. Um, <laughs> and I, I punch my old man card and fuck off. <laughs> yeah, but the like that's so. And even in the article, that Harper's article, even mm-hmm. in that article. The three, like one of the guys, he, you know, that house was shut down. Mm-hmm. That house, that house wasn't just shut down. They pulled the, because guess what? All that shit is rented. Mm-hmm. Guess what? By the way, if you see a TikTok with a Lamborghini, you can rent Lamborghinis. Yes. You can get, you can scrounge together $400 a day and yeah. rent a Lamborghini. But it, 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 the thing that it immediately reminded me of was the, um, God, what's the guy's name? Lou Pearlman, the guy who created the Backstreet Boys. Like that idea oh my of God, cultivating, the like manufactured 100%. personalities. That's 100%. exactly what it reminded me There's of. There's nothing new about this. Right. But the pace, yeah. the pace of you're 17 and if you're 21. Well, and, and several of the kids in that story basically say like, you know, nobody knows how long this lasts. So you just burn as hard and fucking fast as you can. Oh, cool. And hope you come out of it with money. So so here's that you're taking the John Belushi model. Yeah. And instead of once in a generation, you're doing it every two years. Right. Do you? That is fucking insane, Ben. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's insane. It's disgusting. I mean, and this is the... The barrel that a lot of young people are looking down that that, you know, we can complain about uh, us coming out of school and being like, hey, jobs. And they're like, yeah, sorry. Uh, but like these are people. And, and I also think that these are people who could potentially actually be more successful in a more traditional career path. But you if you spend all your time 
as a young person watching TikTok and and realizing like I could make money just being me. Like how attractive is that to people? And but it's such a fucking yeah, it's such a fucking like small chance that you're gonna break out into a way that you can actually make a career out of it. Alex from Target. Yeah. Or right. uh damn Daniel. Yeah, yeah. Like this is but even those are like extremely old dated references at this point. And I don't know if those people <laughs> are still rich as right, a result right, of but it. But you see, we're talking about Giant Bomb, right? We're talking yeah. about Giant Bomb. And for me, like there's, you know, there's the couch in the basement. They find the couch. There's, mm-hmm. there's these milestones. But in, in terms of TikTok years, that, that, that might as well be 100 years ago. That, this, the Giant Bomb has been around since 2008. That's it, so okay, eternal. Thousand, right. That's that's a basically Time Warner to them. Right. As far I, as it goes. I remember when I think they were jokingly talking. They might have been on TikTok. I think they tried to go on TikTok just to fuck around. Jeff has a, some fine some fine TikToks. He's Fred Durst two thousand on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> he has really good ones, as you might imagine. Of course he does. Um, God damn it! Uh, right, but. But the, but there is a wink and a nod with that, yeah. right? As Why opposed else to we named Fred Durst two thousand. Yeah, right. Okay, but Ben, if you're if I if I was born in two thousand one mm-hmm. and am now nineteen, do you think I fucking get any of that? No. Right. No. But that's that they're an entire <laughs> they they consume an entirely different type of media. Like the idea that you could just like your your televised entertainment is just watching three dozen TikToks every day is like I couldn't imagine something I'd want to do less, but. That's not my generation. Obviously, they're in. And so you can you can almost see how somebody thought Quibi was a good idea. You can almost <laughs> see how that that made sense to someone. The only problem with Quibi, let me, let me tell you about Quibi, is that it launched <laughs> at the exact point when no one had a commute anymore. Holy <laughs> really shit, fucked son! Up. Also, just the idea of ten minute long TV shows is dumb. But I can see where the idea comes from. If you go like, okay, all your media diet is just five second long TikTok video, fifteen second long TikTok videos. Why don't we just make if we make 10-minute TV shows, we're in we're in the money. <laughs> and uh, it's funny, all those... So Quibi got bought, or all their catalog of stuff became Roku Originals. And oh so now God. every time I turn on my TV, it's like, hey, Reno 911. I'm like, oh, right. That was the one thing on Quibi I would have watched, and now I, I can watch it. Cool. I like Reno 911. I love Reno For the record. And when they said they were doing a reboot and doing it as 10-minute little things, I'm like, that actually works really well for that show specifically. Reno 911, that's like, yeah, 100%. That's pretty perfect for them. Because um, they can just break out one of their sketches into a 10 minute thing. But oh, when they all win the lottery, it's one of the best <laughs> fucking sketches. I mean, that movie is also great. You the talk movie, about a, I saw a, the movie in theater. A long form version. It, like, yeah. Uh, but, they, they go to uh, Suge Knight's house. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so many. That's a really, really good movie. But uh, yeah. Which also preface, which also, by the way, Florida Man. Oh, boy. Yeah. Florida Man Alive and Well. Uh, that was re- that was basically the the premise of the Reno 911 movie was mm-hmm. Florida Man. But anyway, <sighs> good times. Forgive me, Ben. I, yeah, I it, worry about me. No, I don't worry about media act. I mean, I kind of do, but that Harper's article was just like that was a wild article. I really, I really. I'm so glad you read it. I've, oh my I've, god, I've, I've I've read other articles from people who were embedded in TikTok houses. The same, or same. or in, and it's, or fa- in it's fascinating. It is fascinating, but the way that this guy wrote about it on a broader perspective of like, what does this mean for this generation of people? Oh, see, but ben, it's apocalypse porn. Yeah, let's be a hundred percent because you and I come from an ivory ivory tower, ivory tower. Of, <laughs> of state university. That's right. Um. Our elite degrees from the University yes, of New Hampshire. Yes, our super useful degrees. Um, no, but I, I, I'm sorry, man. I just mm. want to get a beer with the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that, that, I would love the to end be of that article with the ash falling and everything. Like, I hope his career goes on to great heights. And the idea that he 
he had that moment where he was like, maybe I could fucking make it. Yeah. I was just like, oh he, my and that's God. the that's the oh that's the trick God. of the whole thing is he's like he's like everybody was trying to offer him like, hey, get in this TikTok, hey, get in this TikTok, and and just the idea of like what you do to make a viral TikTok and how it's like specifically modulated. It's like you don't like this song necessarily, but everyone's dancing to it, so it's the thing you, you're gonna try. You don't and, like basketball, but you like picking the teams. Right, right. You don't like basketball. That's a great part you, of the article where they all pick teams, and then and ten they minutes later, everybody just leaves and doesn't even um, remember what they're doing because <laughs> everyone's so ADD from the way that they consume media. It's just like. Can't focus on anything for more than Or, or the one guy who, in, after he, the house is dissolved, he says, please engage with my videos because I'm trying to pay rent. Right. Um, yeah. And and this has happened. So man. going back to the Patreon thing and how it is obviously sustainable for some people with a high enough audience like the Giant Bomb guys. But I have other writers who have left like Rock, Paper, Shotgun and other stuff and who have started a Patreon. And then, you know, five, six months later, they're like, hey, I lost this many, this much money on Patreon this month. Please give if you can. And I'm just like, I can't imagine having to do that. I'm like, it just, you got to do what you got to do. The hustle is real, right? But, but see, I'm with, this is, I, I play devil's But advocate. the idea is like when they started, it, it was like, this is the way I can do what I want to and serve my audience. But like when you're dealing, this is the thing with Giant Bomb, when you're dealing with like four now entities that are all splinters of those people, and it's like, which ones do you support? Which ones don't you? And and I was saying to you, like, my Patreon, I have, I've allotted myself 10 to 15 dollars, 15 to $20 a month, which is even high. Honestly, I started, I was like only five bucks a month. Sure. Uh, but I, I move it around between projects and go like, am I actually listening to the bonus content from this one? No, it moves to this one. And it's not because I don't like that one, but like everybody's doing that now because everybody is kind of like, you know, all these different writers and different content producers are like, Hey, you're my audience. It's like, well, I like you, but I also like these 14 other people because there's so much fucking content. And it's just like, that is such a competitive field. And the, what people expect in that space, depending on what you produce is like, Hey, you didn't make a video a month. I'm unsubscribing. And like, there are certain people I follow, like uh, Noah Gervais. He's a guy who he's actually been very public about how much stress you and anxiety. He, By the way, Ben, Fuck you for taking 20 hours of my uh, fucking dude, life with Noah Gervais dude, fucking rules. video. I know. He's great. <laughs> he's great. And he, I would love to get him a beer. Yeah. I, he, I, but, fuck but you, he, Ben. God damn it. But he's, but, yes, but yeah, he's he been, is out, he's living it. Yeah. And he, and he's a guy who was early on on the YouTube essay thing. So he got a real good foothold early and he does really good work. He does and great so, work. And uh, so, you know, but he's talked a lot about the stress of like, if I don't, you know, if I leave a bad take in a video, like I feel bad about it for weeks and stuff. And I'm just like, dude, you do good enough. And you're writing so strong. Just and like, move forward. Just move forward. But like the anxiety, I can see how that would happen. So, so do you watch Ross's game dungeon? Occasionally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ross is very particular. Mm -hmm. If you, if you hate his voice, if you hate anything about him, you're going to fucking hate his videos. Yeah. He has, he has one of the best takes on the Deus Ex series I have ever watched. Bar none. Mm -hmm. And I think it's I've bizarre watched, yeah. and weird. He never forgets the fact that we are living in a class system, mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. In all of his videos, he talks about it. He has a big thing about like online games being a scam. I don't necessarily agree with him by the legal terms. Yeah. Um, but he is right that it's well, they're games as a service built oh, sorry, exploitatively. For, for, forgive me. Yeah. He says games as a service is a scam, and I don't necessarily disagree with him by legal. But yeah. whatever. Um, Ross is one of those people that it's like. If he was if he was stuck in a small town mm -hmm. in like a Stranger Things universe, yeah. he'd be that guy who right. fucking live. You know what I mean? He lives in the game dungeon. <laughs> he literally right, and and maybe three people know about him, and you meet him, you run into him at the local hobby shop. Right. 
Ross is sincere. He's earnest. I'm pretty sure I've given him money at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, But even he has felt the pinch of like, I need to hire an editor. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. Like, that's the death knell. Yeah. Um, Because as soon as you start getting overhead... Mm -hmm. I've talked about this on the podcast before. My my dream is that we go back to the artisanal (laughs) existence, which is, hey, I know a guy who makes clogs. Right. Or I know a guy who makes fishing rods. Yes. And he only lives in this small traffic circle in this town. And he's really good at what he does, but not a lot of people know him. And he, and he doesn't make a shit ton of money, Ben. Mm-hmm. He makes enough, enough to survive. Right. And that's my dream. Right. And I um, think... And the, that's that's Patreon. In, in and, theory, that's Right. Patreon. And the problem that has now come with... What do we call it? Late Patreon. The fact that it's so popular. Late stage Patreon? Late stage ben, Patreon. Ben, going late stage Patreon? <laughs> yeah. Put a, put a stamp on this. That, okay. Well, that's the title of the episode. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. But, but this... Now that it's been around for three or four years... <laughs> When somebody new comes in and is like, hey, can I have $5 a month? It's like, it's hard for me to justify. Even if I really like what they're doing, I'm like, well, shit, I got film spotting over here. I got Nextlander now. I got this other podcast. Because think, like, all right, so what is Patreon? Patreon is the hub where all these artisans. Right. But now that everyone's in that hub, right. it's the, too right. big. Like I, but that's, that's if, capitalism. Right. And if you imagine it like a convention center, it's like, okay, it used to be 20 people in here and I'd get to make the whole circuit and see everybody's table. Now, it's now there's 100,000 yeah. tables. Yeah, 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 I make yeah, yeah, it three yeah. feet in before I spent all my money. And that's it. Oh, my God. And so, and of course, you're also beholden to giving Patreon a cut. And, like, you don't own the platform that you're advertising through. There's all the other parts about, like, using Twitch and YouTube and and your ad revenue can be cut off at any point and all these other things. Patreon is actually a weird, like, originally people would just start a YouTube channel and then they would get money from the ads and that's how you made money off YouTube. And then very rapidly it became like, hey, you can get demonetized for all these weird fucked up reasons. All these other things can happen. So if you actually want a secure stream of money, you start a YouTube and then have a Patreon. And then now that's not even... A guaranteed way to make money because so many people are using that model. So, so all right, let's back up. What you just said, mm. I played devil's advocate with Giant Bomb saying, oh, they have infrastructure and all oh, they have overhead. Right. But isn't Jeff right? Isn't Jeff right to say, you know what? Let these other motherfuckers pay the bills. Yes. And, and, and that's kind of where I'm like, uh, we'll see what happens. But at least the fact that Giant Bomb has been around and growing and active for going close to, you know, what, 14, 15 years at this point? Yeah, but do you think do you think a, a 27-year-old executive gives a fuck? Right? I don't Jeff, know. It depends on where. <laughs> I, right, but that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I have to go with Jeff is just like, all right, I'm Jeff Gersman. Yeah. I I do care about my people, similar to Conan, right. kind of in a way. Yeah, yeah. Conan took a huge pay cut to support his show. Well, and, and Conan's one of the, the few late night people who's actually pivoted to being like, we should have podcasts. We should do Conan this Conan O'Brien needs a friend yeah, yeah. And, and all this. And so for me, Jeff goes in that category of just like, we're putting on a show right. and I'm trying to employ as many people as I can. And if that comes at my personal money detriment, then right. so fucking be it. Right. We're putting on a show. And it's, and, and it's right. a, a model where I can say, like, you will have a stable paycheck. I think he's I hate, and you, I hate to say this. Yeah. But I think ultimately Jeff is right. Whereas I look at Next Lander and I'm just like, fuck, that seems that seems tedious. Like, seems, oh, no, no, I'm sorry, that seems uh, uh, tenuous. Tenuous. Yeah, exactly. that seems like you know. Yeah, the they fal- could, the fal- you know, because they start way. with this like huge surge of patrons at the beginning. Okay, but then, but that's the thing. You have to know that that's a huge surge, and that after four or five months, a portion of those people are going to go like, all right, well, I don't really get anything for this five dollar a month thing. The podcast is still free with ads, and the streams are free. 
I'm going to just not subscribe or I'm going to move it over to another podcast that gives me more bonus stuff or what. And because the Patreon system is so built on all these little bonuses you get for everything, if you're not providing, like, because I think one of the most successful and I think most worthwhile Patreons I've seen, and I don't even really subscribe to because I just don't have time, but there's a movie podcast called Blank Check, which I really like. And um, their main podcast is about uh, filmographies of directors, usually ones who get a big, huge success and then get to make some crazy shit. And like, so Lord and Taylor. Uh, so like <laughs> the one they did recently, that's like a paramount example is Robert Zemeckis. Like he makes back to the future and then he can make whatever he wants for the sure. rest of his life. Yeah, Cause yeah, universal yeah. is just like, sure. all right. So you want to make a, a cartoon hybrid live action film that requires computer control cameras that don't exist yet but it could be another Back to the Future. Here you go. And that's, you know, blank check, right? Yeah, and So that's sure. the idea of that show. And it, it works really well in its format like that. But then they also do commentaries and they do special episodes and they do box office things. They do Oscar stuff. They do huge amounts of special feature stuff on Patreon. And so that's the thing where I could easily see that being worth five, 10 bucks a month. But then, yeah, the next Lander one where it's like, you get a podcast like our production meeting, essentially, if you pay 10 bucks a month and, and some other stuff. So it's just it, like... <sighs> Not only do you have to now plan a podcast like we do, which we don't really plan, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but you have to sit down and record that. Yeah, but then you yeah. also have to be like, okay, what's our what's our bonus podcast for this month? What's our our bonus post? What's our but commentary? But you're, you're just we're getting into up? Kickstarter tiers. You're, you're, you're actually playing yeah, it's that very, fucking game. It's very like, similar to that. And that seeing game. what happened with Kickstarter because Kickstarter was this like, oh, this is where game development's going. And then two or three years later, it's like not actually because you can't make enough money to make a game off you're, of here. You're beholden to morons. Right. I'm so, all right, not morons, Unless you get but... good morons like Star Citizen ones, then you get a long, a long tail on it. Oh, so you're saying Bezos morons. That's right, exactly. Oh, okay. Bezos level morons. Yes. <laughs> ben, you need, uh, you need two day delivery on that cat food. That's right. Yeah. And I'll pay a thousand dollars spaceship to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Whatever was it, Cloud Imperium Gaming? Is that what they're, they're their own crowdfunder? <laughs> they don't use Kickstarter, but the idea, right? <sighs> and so, what happened with Kickstarter? Like, I don't think that exact thing's going to happen with Patreon, but it's the same idea of the saturation point where I backed four games that looked interesting, and now the fifth one comes along, and I don't have time for it. And and I think the same thing might end up happening with Patreon. So we'll see. I don't know what the next step beyond Patreon is, though. <laughs> for as what much you, as it set can, up a PayPal, PayPal, Pal, button? yeah, right. Like, I mean, <laughs> that was the old way. Well, you know, when podcasts first started taking donations back, when I remember hearing that, it was like, hey, you use a PayPal link to do it or whatever. So it's cyclical. We'll just circle back <laughs> to, to PayPal. I can't. We just spent an hour talking about that. We we had an episode like this when we were still at. Uh, University, yeah. Well, we, it's been we, a we long just time. talk about media. And we're just like, man, and we probably talked a lot about Kickstarter back then, and now that's more or less. I should irrelevant. go back and listen, unless you're <laughs> talking about like board games or something. Like podcasts or, or, or Kickstarter is not relevant for games media or games publishing in general because it just in, doesn't work. In New Hampshire, I want to say it was New Hampshire. There was a guy who had a Kickstarter for like cross dress or drag. I shouldn't say cross dress. Like drag, drag queens being roped up and put on train tracks. <laughs> and I was just like, you this know is, what? This was a mistake. <laughs> no, no, like, sure, fuck it. Like, if you support it, sure. <laughs> like, that's a Kickstarter. Mm. With the idea of, oh, like, a, a game development project is, <laughs> believe me, I know, mm-hmm. uh, fucking fraught. Yeah. 
And the and idea then, of having other people on the hook that you're like, hey, I'm right. gonna I'm gonna put food on your table and your family's table for the next year. But you have to give me a demo. You have to give me a copy of the game. You have to release this game. And and there's been so many stories of like this game has been in Kickstarter hell for four years and now it's finally coming out and it's fine at best. You know, don't take other people's there's money. There's a man. very you know like there's an FTL. There's a there's some games that do F- break out, but for every FTL, there's like. But think about FTL. They were living remotely, and they were, there was no overhead. They were pre Double Fine Kickstarter, like correct. They were the the bottom bottom floor, correct. But I just the idea of being beholden to these people that right. you, they're just a mob. Yeah, and um, and, and there are all these people who you when this was before, and I don't know if people ever learned this, but like when you're paying for something in Kickstarter, you're not paying for the product, you're paying for the idea. That you're product. paying for the promise. This was the you're thing pay- yeah. like when everybody who backed Oculus was like, hey, you can't sell the Facebook. I'm a shareholder. It's like, no, you're fucking no, you're not. Fucking not dude. <laughs> you gave me a hundred bucks to make a VR headset prototype. That's it. And I did it. And that's all. And now I'm going to sell the Facebook and fuck off. Um, but it's and like, also Lucky Palmer is going to support right. Hillary Clinton shit posting. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Like when it gets Great. into what the other Kickstarter <laughs> money went to and that, it gets even worse. But, but like, I think people are savvy to that now, but that was a big thing early on in Kickstarter was like, I'm paying for the game, right? It's like, no, you're paying for the idea of them making the game and maybe something will come out of it at the end. Is no, all right. We, got, oh, we should wrap this up. Is Noah Gervais doing okay? I think so. He's okay. putting out videos. He put two Star Wars videos out last month. They were pretty good. I gotta get to them. Uh, Knights of the Republic, Knights of the Republic Two, and Jedi. All the Jedi, or Dark Forces, Jedi Knight, Jedi. Was it Dark Forces Two, Jedi Knight, and then Jedi Outcast, and then Jedi Academy? Sure. Great games. Love those games. Though, uh, and it made me reinstall Dark Forces because Dark Forces still fucking oh, rules. Dark Forces uh, bombs. Jedi That's Knight great. does not age well. The original Dark Forces Two Jedi Knight. Is that is a quick ending? I think so. Yeah. I'm sorry, not quite. In and that's the whatever. one that has like the FMV cutscenes, which are amazingly terrible. And oh, yeah, it's good shit. But Patreon, and I, I guess it, it exists for Kickstarter too, but like having your audience know exactly how much money you make is a really fucking weird dynamic. Um, You're talking about radical truths. Right, right. You're talking about like radical well, truth, a, but with your income. It's an interesting, yeah, because people can look at your number of how much you're making a month and then look at your output and say like, you're not doing enough. And like, that's the thing he's talked about a lot. And like, but I he was, doesn't live an extravagant life. Right, he's exactly. He's not like, living it up. And, and, and he he's... Same yeah. with Ross. Like, I would say same with Ross's game dungeon. Yeah. Like, Ross doesn't live in a fucking mansion. Right. It's, it's, um, I don't, you know, I, any rational person, I think, can look at it and be like, oh, you know, they're producing at their capacity and whatever. But, you know, people can also, like, Blank Check has had this before, where people look at their Patreon and go, like, you guys make $40,000 a month. Why, why aren't you more right about your facts? And it's like, well, it's a comedy podcast. That's why, <laughs> or whatever. But, like, but that is an argument point for, for people with a, with a successful Patreon is, you, you make this much, you should be experts. And, like... Yeah, that's th- not how that works. No, right? it isn't. But it's um, this really weird side, another part of the parasocial side, where they can imagine what you're doing with all this money. And you... With Nextlander is another thing. Like, if you do the math on 9,000 patrons, even if they're only at 5,000... At 5 bucks a month, it's a lot of money a month. For now. For now. For now. Exactly. And also, like, is that the initial burst? And all of a sudden... So it's just... It, it is this incredibly bizarre dynamic. And it's, it's a little familiar to me, because I'm a public 
uh, servant. I'm sure. a librarian. My, pu- my salary is published in our town report every year. But I don't have people coming up to me at the library and being like, I read the town report and you're not doing that much work. Uh, like that doesn't happen because you're, you also don't throw it's not on the internet content. Exactly. And um, it's not, and it's not people who are like, oh, I'm waiting for your product and shit. That's all I think. Could you, could you imagine a madman? Let's just say, let's take prestige TV. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine a madman where they voted on which character stayed every season? Right. I mean, that is the nightmare for me. Right. Right. It's um, the, it's the, do we kill Rob? Does Joker kill Robin? Yes or no? Which they did. <laughs> which they to did. be fair. They absolutely did. They absolutely did. Um, but, but that's this, a comic book. Like, that's a goofy comic book thing. Okay, but that was when, theoretically, the stakes were lower. And it was a it total... It a billion-dollar property. It was a total stunt. Like, they never... They didn't do it every year. They just no, did it but, that one time. I know. And then he killed Jason Todd, and then... Uh, I think... I believe someone posted this... Because they were talking about the... They're making a second Joker movie. Of course they are. Sure. Uh, with Jared Leto? Uh, no, no. With, uh, with Joaquin, I assume. What? What's the... He's got to dance on some cars, dude. He already did that. <laughs> no, ben? he's got to dance on more cars. He's twisted, bro. Uh, no, I liked, and I fucking hate that I love that so, movie. But so, like, so like, so like, so there people were, you know, the joke was people were like, well, this is the storyline they have to. And somebody posted this just one frame, one one uh, panel from a comic, and it's it's the Joker getting out of a car, and he's like, that's right, bats. I'm the UN premier to Iran, and apparently <laughs> that was. <laughs> The follow-up storyline to him yeah. killing Jason Todd was like three weeks later he becomes yeah. the, the UN ambassador to Iran, Fucking and this was whatever. this was in 1980 what six I think so you know fraught time for that whole thing. Uh, I, amazing, amazing shit. So sure, I really hope that's where they go with the next year. But it's like, <laughs> oh, comics were comics, and then comics became a fucking yeah. trillion. dollars. You know what they would never do now? That I know. <laughs> because it could be a movie or a TV show or a Disney Plus show or whatever. I had a fucking, I had a fucking moment. Uh, my sister's wedding. I was talking to my uncle who was outside the family. He had married in, mm-hmm. uh, and he go. He's from Germany. He was half German. He had German citizenship and U.S. citizenship, and he goes. We we're talking about some fucking thing. And this is before Trump was elected. And he mm. goes, you know, Reagan had Alzheimer's at the end. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think that's true, bud. That's, they wouldn't let that happen. <laughs> yeah, surely. <laughs> surely they wouldn't ever let that happen. They did. And don't call me Shirley. <laughs> it, yep. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> they did. Yeah. And it happened. And mm-hmm. it came up in Americans mm-hmm. uh, that I'm rewatching. And yeah. I just... I don't know that that's that's that is now for me that is the vernacular mm. is uh yeah dude nothing's off limits yeah if you want to if you want to pay someone to write your name around their nipple on Twitch you can do you it you can do it if you want to OnlyFans a barely legal chick mm-hmm. that you followed on Snapchat for ten years whatever five years Ugh. you can yeah uh you can <laughs> I'm fulfill sure every do. pervert fantasy you want mm-hmm. um all through we're there man. Your own home. and yeah. that and I think about that. It, it's, I don't know. I, I think it, on, on some level, it's a hellscape, mm-hmm. right? But on some level, it's a hellscape. On the other hand, Noah Gervais gets to make his shit and we get to right. hear it. I would never right? be able to watch a four hour long breakdown of, of Red, Dead Re- <laughs> Red Dead Revolver, Red Dead, Re- Red Dead Redemption, Gun, and Red Dead Redemption 2. With, with a critical eye, uh, yes. with references to literature. Right. Yeah. Um, it, is, it, is the, it is the best of times and it is the worst of times. It, we're there. He, um, old Dickens had it right. <laughs> Always. Yeah, but I mean, and at the, the the root of all that, Ben, is that humans don't really change much. Yeah. Um, the, the, uh, we're looking at the sticker. This is Historia Civilis mm-hmm. uh, on my laptop. This sticker right here, and it's right. you know you hear about how the 
Roman Empire was carved up yeah. because three people were basically like, all right, you take the Mediterranean, I'll take Constantinople, and yep. you can have Italy. And that led to the Orthodox, that led to the schism with the Orthodox Church, mm-hmm. which ultimately, like, humans are pretty much I think predictable. The, the only thing that changes as we go on is the timetables. Like, the, time, the speed is, yeah, is insane. Is, is now, you know, that thing that would have been hundreds of years is now 10 years. Do and, you, yeah. Do you think that Alzheimer's or Reagan's Alzheimer's or whatever, mm-hmm. dementia, would have become more apparent if he had been forced to do webcasts every week. Yeah, of course they would. Right. Uh, there's, I watch... Because um, you can control the media message in the 80s a lot easier than you can now. I watched. Uh, I watch a lot of... Uh, I got really into Microsoft Flight Simulator last year. Hell yeah. I still, I still love it. That's a great game. Um, with VR, it's fantastic. Which you haven't done yet. No. You haven't done Google Earth, right? No, no. no. I've done Google Earth, but I've not so you, done... Yeah. So, but anyway... Flight simulator is great just to be like, holy shit, the earth, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, but for me, the fucking, this, the timetable of, do you think that more, like, all right, the example I was given was planes landing on freeways. Mm-hmm. The amount that happens every year probably is about the same. And, and FAA statistics bear that out. Mm-hmm. But the amount that's filmed <laughs> because of dash cams. Right, right. Right. Gone up tremendously. And so it feels like more planes, more are, planes landing. are landing on highways, but the reality but they're is really not. Eh, like it's huh. been about the same for about 20 years. It's interesting. Um, and, and in that same way, it's just like, yo, cops are shooting a lot of people. Yeah. And it's like, no, nah, I don't think so. And then you're like, oh, but they always oh, were. They were. It's just they didn't have the camera. Well, it, it's not even that they have cameras on them now. We so all have we cameras, all have cameras right? now. Exactly. Um, and UFOs, it's weird because, uh, whatever, not to get into this, but the Air Force with the UFO shit, it's like, oh, this looks like a lot of camera artifacts. Mm-hmm. Weird how yeah. that and, and and when you're in the when you're in the plane and you're seeing it, you're like holy shit probably yeah whatever but then you see it and you're like uh, I've seen a lot of those <laughs> like this is an artifact of yeah. video whatever um to your point of just like yeah I mean the the, the it's a timetable right yeah it's that we're seeing it now and we're like oh sh- right fuck, and I, cops are killing a lot of people right the president doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> right, right. But like, but there's no way I could have seen, you know, uh, the especially the protests and stuff over the summer and have been like, this is new. Like, I, I remember, you know, I remember Rodney King. I remember things, you know, from 10, 15, 20 years ago that were just like reinforcing this. It's just it wasn't as filmed. I couldn't scroll through a Twitter timeline and see a bunch of crazy shit. You like couldn't that. do a frame by frame analysis right, of right. a fucking video. Right. Um, right. It is the transfer information. I mean, I guess that's what it is. It's just speed. Right. right. Like. There and there's clearing houses for this shit. There's Spotify. There's YouTube. Uh, yeah. Which I mean, and that's the that's the interesting part is like as those things become more um, corporately controlled, not even corporate, they're already corporations, but ha- start locking into like, hey, we have a bot that will listen to this music, and if this music's here, you don't get ad money. Ben, anymore. we're there. Like yeah. this is the thing, right? So Russia, especially like totalitarian governments like Russia, like they they are saying like. We can sue you, and YouTube is like, "Well, you can sue us in Russia." Right. <laughs> so, do you? We just do, the the question these people do we are just facing delete it in Russia, or do we? Yeah. I mean, but either way, it's disgusting. If if they are an American held company, yeah. in theory, they should say, "Well, this is in the a, truth." In that, this country, yeah. Right, but guess what? They have ad revenue, yeah. and those oligarchs. Mm-hmm. Well, know, the, yeah, uh, this is the thing with China and how it's such a big movie market 
that when you're, you know you're gonna get a censored in right, right, yeah. <laughs> that when when John Cena is promoting Fast and Furious Nine, and that? he accidentally refers to Ty- Taiwan as a country, and he, and an he apology has to go video. on um, what's that? Weibo, the the yeah, the, sure, whatever, the, the Chinese equivalent of Facebook or Twitter, and 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 apologize oh, in Mandarin in a suit, and, and they're still gonna <laughs> like they're already like we're gonna lose millions of dollars when, in ticket sales when the trailer for Top Gun, yeah. the new Top Gun is is changed so he doesn't have a Taiwan. Like, right. And you that's get where we're at. Underlying man. things, too, where you have like Disney and Marvel being like, we're very progressive. We're going to get an all Asian cast, and, and, and the Black Panther, you know, is going to, we're going to have a whole universe and a show and whatever. Are you guys going to put any, um, any gay characters in there soon? And they're like, well, we might have someone who's gay off screen that we can cut off for the Chinese version because oh they don't like that God. shit. And so it's like this thing where you have this very progressive brand in the West. But when they get over and they get worldwide, they have to just kind of tamp that down. Oh, you're, well, you're talking about performative wokeism. Right. You're well, talking about performative wokeism. But, but, they'll, but they'll do something in Star Wars where they'll be like, there's a gay character in Rise of Skywalker. And then it's like two girl, two women kissing in the background of one shot. And they're like, see? See? And it's like, that's nothing. What are you doing? And it's I like, mean, well, we can't put more in because then we can't sell it overseas. <sighs> And so, like, that's the, I mean, that's a whole nother thing. I could go on for another hour, but the point is... Let's like, wrap it up. You can see that 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 thing where, like, in the U.S., it is it is this U.S. brand. It's the biggest brand. It's Marvel. Sure. Everybody loves it. And then they're progressive and all this other crap. And then it's like, but also, got to get that money. Ticket sales, got to get that money. I'm, me and Ben are playing fiddles <laughs> with both. Right. We're playing tiny fiddles with both our hands. You think Shang-Chi uh, is going to come out and they're going to not release it in the in in. In China, absolutely not. So Shang Chi is not going to have any uh, two two leftist two American politics. Yeah, sure. Even if it is a movie that Marvel's pushing here as like we finally gave an Asian director an Asian character and an all Asian cast, and but right. yeah. Anyways. I yeah, I know the perfect way to wrap up this podcast. Okay, I'm going to steeple my fingers. Mm-hmm. And I did this when I was talking about the tall vampire lady, and I said, "What is gaming to mm-hmm, you?" Exactly. Right, I'm steepling my fingers. The new Cowboy Bebop looks all right. I know. I saw. <laughs> I saw John Cho's hair, and I was like, "It looks great." Oh, dude, He's gonna that's, be Spike Spiegel. That's a Spike haircut. He's gonna be Spike Spiegel. And I like. I, I really like John Cho. So this is not. Uh, this was already something I was it's probably gonna, gonna be into. He's gonna be a great Spike. But then Spiegel. they're like, "Oh, and Yoko Kano is making more music for it." And I'm just Can like, you fucking believe fuck. it? All right, I'm in. Let's do it. Three, two, one. Let's go. Um, yeah. God, I, I'm not gonna like it. You know, talk about Ghost in the Shell. I'm I know. Ghost in the Shell I shirt. Saw, that I is saw. a te- that is a bad movie. That is a terrible version of that uh, story. Well, they whitewashed the main character and a bunch of other But it's also just something when you watch it, like, it was perfect in 1995. Why did you make people in it? Does she even rip her arm off in it? Yes, she does. She does the same, but it doesn't have that, like, I mean, Ben, it sounds like you're being very It doesn't have the Akira, like, bulging circuits crap that the movie has, and it doesn't have Does she end up in a doll's body? But it doesn't have a five-minute-long sequence where she just goes around a gorgeously lit city to this beautiful soundtrack just because they're showing off all their background images because they have to fill in an hour-and-a-half-long movie that's only eight Is the fountain fight in it? Yes, kind of, but it sucks. It sucks compared to the one that's in the original. Right. It's just like animation. Man, it like you're nitpicking. Animation the has white a quality one. to it. You know what? It sucks about Akira right now. You know they've been trying to make a live action Akira. <laughs> Can you imagine what a live action? No, Akira why would, would you like? bother? They were trying for years to make live action Evangelion. It's the same thing. It's like, well, why? Why would you do that? I, oh my 
the yeah. quality of it is that it's animated. Yeah. I remember live texting you through Evangelion and being like, Ben, I think my mind is changing. Mm. Ben, I think my, outlook, my I think my outlook on life is changing <laughs> yes. watching Evangelion. Ben, I just watched the finale. I'm questioning my existence. <laughs> hey, I buddy, how'd you like that movie? Ben, <laughs> dot, I'm, dot, dot. I'm in an elevator <laughs> and nothing's happening. Silence. And I'm just, Silence. I'm Silence. stressing. <laughs> Oh, uh, what a show. What a show. I've been playing uh, the Nier games again, and they have, they have big Evangelion en- energy, yeah, and I sure. love them. All right. Uh, ben, for the first in-person, yes. no crisis yet, anything else, or do you want to just take us out? I think we should we should leave it at that. We'll do games next time. Too much to talk about, man. Yeah. All right. The media landscape. I hope this recording works, Me LOL. Too. Take us out, Ben. We're out. Thank you.